This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. In fact, I've called this learning to lean on God. Learning to lean. In Proverbs, the third chapter, verses five and six, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. We've been talking about, and, and really the big theme of this is God's ability to guide us and lead us. That being led by God and being guided by God, I think is something that continues to be important. It, it may be even more important in the days ahead. Because we need his wisdom, we need his insight. And so this scripture gives us a template of, of one of the ways that we can, or many ways, that we can be led by the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. That is a process. And I want you to understand that this is not just a process, it's part of a lifestyle. That our, our lifestyle and having a life with God, one of the three things we talk about is, is live with God, grow stronger, and make a difference. But having a life with God is something where we're not just, God's not just an add-on that we, we go to, let's say when we need something, or we need wisdom, it's like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to God. We, we want to develop a lifestyle that says, I live with God all the time. And that I walk with him all the time, that I'm connected to him all the time. And so that really becomes then a lifestyle that really produces a lot of blessings. And so we can have God begin to lead us and guide us. Now, I've had times in my life where I was led and times I wasn't led. And being led is better. Having, having God's plans. I, my dad and I one time got in a theological argument. And um, he... Um, he said, well, Alan, he said, because I was getting ready to come back to Texas and uh, I was living in North Carolina. He did not want us going back to Texas. He said, here's the deal, Alan. He said, the way I do it, he said, I, I say, Lord, here's my plans. Bless them. I said, well, that's good, Dad. And I said, I got another, I have another uh, theology point for you. I said, I say, Lord, what's your plan? It's already blessed. See the difference? Sometimes we're like, Lord, I'm, I'm here. I want you to bless everything I'm doing. Here it is. Here it is. But if we can find out what He's already called us to do, or already led us into doing. That's the one that's already blessed. And so we want to we want to learn to follow Him, and we want to learn to be led by Him. So I'm going to I'm going to talk about a a, a passage tonight, and I want, I want to take a look at a story. And, and some of you know this story. It, to me, it's a great example of of trusting and not leaning on our own understanding. And so I, I, I think if, if, if you'll take a look at it and with me, I think it'll help you. And the objective is that when you leave here, that you have something that you can use. I'm, I'm kind of a, uh, I'm kind of, I like, I like stuff that's practical. And, and maybe that's, that comes with being a pastor. I like the idea that when you leave a service at the ark, you have something that you can put into practice. Something that you can use. I never have been a, a, a collector of stuff that sits. Now, I know some of you do, and that's not a problem. But if, if, I, I don't, if, if I have a gun, I'm going to shoot it. If I have a pen, I'm going to use it. If I have a watch, I'm going to wear it. I don't just like to look at it. I know some of you ladies like to look at stuff. I like to use stuff. If I have it, I just, just anyway, that's just me. So say, well. You're quirky. Well, I tell you what, when we get to heaven, we'll solve all that. But since you're without quirks, 
<laughs> you know, I was, just, I, was telling some, <clears throat> I was telling someone the other day, you know, I think everybody's got quirks. We just don't know each other's quirks. Oh, you don't look innocent. Y'all, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Y'all got, y'all got stuff. Everybody's got stuff. Everybody's got quirks. As long as they're not weird, you're okay. But, uh, but every... <laughs> I tell you what, Joy doesn't like the fact that I sneeze loud. Do I have any loud sneezers in here, people that sneeze loud? Okay. Those of you who sneeze loud, can we just please explain to other people that it's not something we try to do? Can I get an amen for somebody? And, and, if you try to not sneeze loud, you can hurt yourself. Okay, so that's my quirk. It's my only one. <laughs> no, that is so not true. All right, here we go. Luke 5th chapter. Let's, let's look at this. Great example of trusting. Luke 5th chapter. So it was as the multitude pressed about to hear him, that's Jesus, to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down, taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. But Simon, well, that's Peter, answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night, worked all night, caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. This is a good passage. Has anyone ever seen the, uh, the, the, uh, that uh, online television series called The Chosen? If you haven't, I, I would encourage you to see that I rarely recommend television. But I recommend this one. It's called The Chosen. If you look it up, it's a, a, a group of believers got together and did the story of Jesus. They, they, they took some artistic license, but I'm telling you, it's good. And they do this, they do this story, and, they, and again, they take a little bit of liberty, but it's, it's neat watching all those fish flopping around in a boat. That's a, that's a, that's a cool thing. But let's, let's look at this as a great example of trusting now these stories, when we read these stories, these stories are written with purpose. They're written to help us learn about God and his ways. John said that if all the things that Jesus said and did were recorded, that you couldn't even hold them in the book. The world couldn't hold the volumes up. So how many of you know that every day, probably with Jesus, something amazing was happening? But not all of it's recorded. So when we see something that is recorded, we need to pay attention to it. But we're not paying attention to it so that we can go, what a nice Bible story. That is nice. That's not why it's there. In fact, Romans tells us why it's there. It says in Romans 15, whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through patience or perseverance and the comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So what happens is when we see these stories, we look at them and go, oh, well, that tells me something about God. Oh, that tells me something about Jesus. This tells me how he interacts. And it's amazing if you begin to look at these stories, you really can begin to see some principles here that will help us. 
And so in this one, it's a great picture of trusting and not leaning on his own understanding. Now, here's something I want you to see. Jesus made a request of Peter. He made a request. He did not take and he did not demand. He asked him. Now, that's, you say, well, why is that important? You need to understand that God's not going to make you do anything. That he didn't, he didn't get in Peter's boat. He didn't bribe Peter or threaten him. He just asked him, Peter, can, can I use your boat? Isn't that nice that Jesus would ask? You think, well, he's the son of God. He doesn't need to ask. He will always ask. Because he's not going to force himself on you at all. And he won't force anybody else. So when you hear people say sometimes, well, God made me do this. God didn't make you do that. Philip Wilson was a, 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 a comedian in the 60s, and he had a famous line. He said, the devil made me do it. You date yourself if you remember that line. But the devil didn't make you do it. It was funny when Philip said it. It's not funny when other people say it. Because the devil doesn't make you do You yield. And so here, <laughs> Jesus asked Peter... Now, here's what, here's what I like. He also did not bribe Peter. Go, Peter, okay, here's the deal. If you let me use your boat, then I'm going to give you a whole bunch of fish. You notice he didn't say that. He just said, can I use your boat? You say, well, why is that important, Alan? Because he'll deal with us the same way. And if the Lord asks us to do something or leads us to go in, in a certain way, here's what we have to do. We have to trust that he's good enough, that he's a giver, that he loves us, and that obeying him, we're not going to come out on the short end of the stick. Now, that's something that I really think in the back of our minds, and listen, all of us have dealt with that thought, that if I give myself to God, if I yield to God, if I follow God, he's going to make me do something I don't want to do. He's going to make me go somewhere, and all of a sudden, I'm going to wind up somewhere in the jungle, and I'm going to be living in a mud hut and I'm going to have no air conditioning, and I'm going to be a missionary. And I don't want to be a missionary. I, I want to live in Conroe. I don't want to go anywhere else. I mean, can I tell you that if the Lord puts living in a mud hut in your heart, that's, you want to do that more than anything else? I was so afraid that if I gave my life to God, he would make me marry a woman I couldn't stand. <laughs> but I would just look at her and go, and that is not, that is not, that is not what he did. See, I found a girl in college, and I thought, oh, this is the best I'm ever going to do. This is the best. And, man, that, that's, that relationship, every now and then I'll just stop and go, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because that would have been like a bad country song, man. That thing would have wound up really bad. And so, But I thought it was the best I could do. I won't ask for a show of hands, but there's a lot of us sometimes that think, if I really follow God, he's going to make me do something bad. And the bottom line is, we got to trust that he loves us. He's the giver. You're not going to outgive him. You're not going to outbless him. He's good. So Jesus just walks up to Peter. He said, can I use your boat? And so we find that Peter, in effect, sowed a seed. But Peter had been working all night. But what he did was he's saying, Lord, I'm going to let you use my boat. I'm going to let you use my resources, his fishing boat. So he sat in the boat, held the boat while Jesus was speaking. So I'm going to let you use my boat. So he's, he's sowing seed. What? He's sowing a seed of his resources and he's sowing a seed of his time. Because he'd been working all night. Now he's doing something to help Jesus. And, and the thing that, that really caught me with this is 
there, again, there was no promise of reward. This was a free offering. Jesus asked him. He did it for him. But here's the beautiful thing about it. He gave Jesus something to bless. He gave him something to work with. Now listen, I've just read the whole story. We know what happens. But here's what didn't happen. Peter was not just down cleaning his nets, bad night, grumpy. And Jesus walks up and said, hey, why don't you just let your boat out and then for a big catch? And there's a bunch of fish. And then Jesus said, can I use your boat? That's not what happened. What happened was Peter was tired. He was working. He's worked all night. If you ever worked all night and didn't, do, and didn't catch anything, you're not a happy camper. So, you know, you're making no money. The guy made money. This is how he made his living. And so he comes in and Jesus asked him to do that. And so when he did, he said, basically he's saying, Lord, I'm going to give you my resources. And I'm going to give you my time. I'm going to give you something. Not easy. You know, sometimes we, we've, we, we encourage people to serve. I think it's one of the best things you can do to really, you want to enjoy Christianity, jump in and serve somewhere. But I, I think we've made a mistake in trying to tell people it's easy. No, it's not. The easiest thing is to do nothing. And the most convenient thing is to do nothing. Not necessarily the best thing. So here is Peter. He now gives, lets Jesus use his boat, use his, and he gives his time, and he gives Jesus something that Jesus can bless. I encourage people sometimes, you, you, you want to give the Lord something he can bless, something he can work with. Now, the point is this. Jesus' request required something of Peter, and there is a part that we play in God's work in our lives, even in our salvation. Now, I didn't save myself. You didn't save yourself. But we had to respond. So there was a part. How many of you, some, some of you were, if you're like me, I was raised in church. I knew the, I knew the scriptures. I made a decision as a nine-year-old boy. I knew, I knew what the scripture said, but it wasn't until later on that I actually made a decision to come to the Lord. How many of you, I won't even ask for a show of hands, but you're thinking, hey, how many of you knew the gospel and you knew the truth before you ever responded? But when you responded, what happened? Boom, he's there. Look at this verse in Romans. Here's our part. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Well, I ran from God for a long time. I didn't want to, but I remember walking across the field in Carbondale, Illinois, on the sixth day of June. I'm walking across the field and I bowed my knees and said, Jesus, I need you to be the Lord of my life. Would he, be, would he have been the Lord of my life if I'd have done it ahead of time? Absolutely. He's always there. It took me responding. So we're, we're praying, Lord, save so-and-so, save so-and-so. You if you're praying, Lord, save so-and-so, let me just encourage you. I, I know your heart is to see them saved, but he's already provided salvation for them. Lord, send someone across their path, send a laborer across their path that they will listen to so they can receive what's already been provided. Does that make sense? And so all we're, all we're trying to, to do, and we do it every, every Sunday, we do it every Wednesday, is we give people to respond to what God's already done. But that's our part to play. And so Peter's blessing, Peter, Peter's blessing, part of that was he gave Jesus something to bless. Listen, if you've been having problems, you're saying, Lord, I'm not seeing any good things in my life. I'm not seeing any harvest in my life. I'm not seeing any of your blessings in my life. Can I encourage you to do this? Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. 
So go ahead and give him something to work with. Well, that went over huge. It's like, like, ooh. It went from amen to ooh. No, no, no. You want, you want to give him something to work with. You want to, you want to give him something he can bless. So I don't know. I, I don't have anything to give him. Yeah, yeah, I was driving up here today. I've been following this as stuff that's going on in our nation just as much as you have. But as I was driving up today, I thought, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My car is my studio. And it's the place where I worship the Lord. I ain't recording nothing. (laughs) But I'm worshiping and I'm praising and you know, it's amazing if you begin to do that. You give him something to work, he can bless that. So again, Peter gave Jesus something to work with. Now here's where, here's where the trust part came in. Jesus' instructions to Peter did not appeal to his understanding. Now here's the deal. Lake Gennesaret, very clear lake. You don't fish in the daytime. The reason you don't fish in the daytime is because the fishies can see you coming. So you fish at night. And so Jesus telling Peter, Peter, I need you to go, you know, right now in the daytime and, and let down the net. Now, here's where, your, here's where your understanding comes in. That didn't make sense. Here's the second thing that didn't make sense. Uh, fishing after a non-productive day made no sense. We fished all night, didn't catch anything. What makes you think we're going to catch something in the day? Here's the third thing. Easiest thing to do is reason this request away. That's been the easiest thing. Jesus said, hey, Peter, let down your nets and you, you could have gone, Lord. Hey, I appreciate you. That was good teaching. But you don't know squat about fishing. You really don't. Because if you know anything about fishing, you, you, you would not have turned me loose on this. You, you wouldn't have even asked that. So Peter, I'm, I'm sure he's reasoning that. He could have reasoned that away. This guy didn't know anything about fishing. And then, what's everybody else? All the other fishermen, they're in there washing their nets. What's, what, they're looking at Peter going, what's Peter doing? Peter's going out there with the preacher, going to go fishing with the preacher. I'm thinking, man, that looks stupid. I don't know if Peter cared about that. He's kind of a bold personality. But if you fished all night and you didn't catch anything, you've already been listening to this, to this guy speak for a while. You're probably tired. You're, you want to go home. And he says, I need you to go out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. You're like, Lord. But I love what Peter says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Could you see where, where Peter could have leaned on his expertise as a fisherman? I think sometimes, I, I've done it in my own life, maybe you never have. Sometimes I, I think the Lord doesn't understand stuff. Lord you, don't, Lord, you don't understand raising teenagers. Oh, yes, he does. Lord you, Lord, you don't understand my marriage. Yeah, he does. So I think one of the best things we can do is God knows everything about everything. The Bible says his wisdom is unsearchable. And so one of the best things we can do is go, Lord, you know how to fix computers? You know how to fix cars. You know how to do stuff. You know how to find stuff. 
I've lost, I've lost stuff around the house. Has ever happened to you? And if you like me, then you walk around the house talking to yourself. Where did I put that? Don't tell me. People say, I don't, I don't believe in talking to yourself. You do it all the time. Where did I put that? Where did I put that? Where are you, keys? Where are you, keys? You talk to keys. You talk to your car. Talk to your dog. A lot. And I've, I've, had, I've had the Lord help me find stuff before. Like, oh, the Lord doesn't want to help you find stuff. Not if you don't ask him. But if you ask him, he'll help you. I have found stuff that I thought, in fact, I thought, I, I don't need to look there. I, there's no, here it is. Like, Lord, forgive me. Because <laughs> here it is. He, he, can, he can help you. Oh, listen, listen to me. If you don't hear me on anything else, he, he knows the answer to every problem we're dealing with right now. You think of whatever you're dealing with, he's got answers for it. And so we trust in the Lord with all our heart. We don't lean on our own understanding. So here's, here's I love Peter's response with this. Peter's response really was excellent at that stage of his life. He had just met Jesus. He didn't know that Jesus as he would three years later. Listen, three years later, Jesus, or later after he'd walked with Jesus for a while, Jesus told Peter, Peter said, Lord, we need to pay taxes. The IRS is knocking on our door and you owe taxes and I owe taxes. And Jesus said, Peter, I need you to go and, and go fishing and take the first fish that comes up and take the money out of his mouth. Now that's pretty bizarre. He said, and, 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 and you take the money out of the fish's mouth and you pay taxes for me and you. And I think that's a great idea, don't you? I would love the Lord to tell me, go to Lake Conroe, throw in a net, I throw in, a, throw in a, a rod and catch the first fish and take the money out of it. That's a lot of money. And so, it, you, know, you know, Peter didn't even balk at that. But now he just met Jesus. And so he didn't know Jesus that well. So I think he does really good for where he is. He's hesitant. He, he tells him, Lord, we worked all night. We didn't catch anything. But here's the beautiful thing. He says, nevertheless, at your word. Nevertheless, at your word, I will. So he, he was hesitant, but he acted on what Jesus said. But he acted. Here's the deal. Trust was revealed in Peter's action. Trust is revealed in action. Book of James. Look at this verse in James. Someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Now I want you to leave that scripture up there if you would, guys. That word works, sometimes people think of works. They think of doing works. No, if you just substitute the word action. But someone will say, you have faith and I have action. Show me your faith without your action, and I will show you my faith by my action. Does that make sense? And so our, our trust, as we trust in the Lord. Now I want to tell you something. You, you came tonight. You could have done other things. Basically what you're saying is, God has a place in my life. I'm coming. I'm coming to church. So there's, a, there's an action there. They're saying is, people could say, well, I love God. 
Well, basically, if we say we love God, someone ought to be able to follow us and tell whether or not we love God or not. I'm looking around at people tonight. You came tonight. You could have stayed home. You love God. Or someone drug you here. <laughs> if they drug you here, we're glad you're here. But, but bottom, bottom line, somebody, somebody believed not to drag you here. So that was, that was action. Our faith is revealed in our action, what we act on. And so a, a lot of times people say, how, how do I know that I'm in faith? What are you acting on? How are we acting on this? See, this is the time when, when we have to choose to act, not according necessarily how we feel. And I'm sure Peter did not feel like going out there, but he acted anyway. Faith without action. So he just acted on, on what he believed, and he brought in a huge bunch of fish. The Lord thinks bigger than we do. And understand that the seed came before the harvest. Remember he said that Peter sowed seed. He sowed a seed with his time. He sowed a seed with his resources. There was a harvest. And the Lord just, he blessed him. And, and I want you to see this. The Lord didn't just bless him. He didn't just fill his fishing boat. He filled two fishing boats. And started, and started listen, God thinks bigger than we do. We think, Lord, if I have a catch, it'd be nice to catch a few fish. Lord said, okay, let's catch a few fish. And, and almost sink two fishing boats. I know some of you are big fishermen. I never heard a fisherman said, bro, we caught so many fish on Lake Conroe. We were sinking our fishing boat. I've never heard that before. Because most people said they'd like, it astonished fishermen. They were, Peter was looking at it going, oh my gosh, look at all this fish. He planted a seed. He listened to what Jesus said. He didn't lean on his own understanding. He followed, he just trusted with his heart and he acted, even though maybe he didn't feel like he acted anyway. And he reaped a marvelous harvest. Wonderful principles there that now let's talk about applying that to our life. So areas that we can trust and, not, and lean on the Lord. One, we can trust that his word, the Bible is inspired and it's God speaking to us today. 1 Thessalonians, second chapter, verse 13. Let me cover some ground here. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectively works in you who believe. What a great verse. What's that tell you? It's telling how we receive God's word is how it's going to produce in our own lives. If you come in and go, yeah, I've heard all that stuff before. I don't know. I should have stayed home. Gonna get some sleep. You, you won't get much. But if you come in and go, God, whatever you've got to say to me tonight, I'm open. Lord, I trust that you can use Alan. You used a donkey, you can use Alan. <laughs> and I trust that, that you, but if you come in, if you come in, this is why I encourage people, come in with some expectancy. A little harder to do sometimes as, as, as a pastor because you see me a lot. But when you come in here, you ought to go, Lord, I made the effort to come. I trust that the Holy Spirit can speak through him something that will help me. I'm going to get something tonight. If you welcome it that way, you're going to receive it that way. If you open your Bible and go, okay, I've got to read, I've got to, I've got to read Project 365. Let's change that. I get to read Bible 365, because God's word is helping me. It's blessing me. It's changing the way I see myself. It's changing the way I see life. It's changing the way I see God. If I welcome it as God's word, the Bible said it effectively works in me. So in other words, I'm not going to just be thinking, well, I don't know, it's the Bible and other people and other translation. I said, Lord, this is your word. I believe it. It's inspired and it works in my life. So well, I don't believe that. Well, 
then it won't work in your life. And I'm not trying to be blunt or unkind, but it works in those who believe it. Trust in the Lord with all your, lean not on your own understanding. Have you figured out by now? I know I've figured out. My understanding is limited. I have a limited understanding. If you don't feel like you have limited understanding, you've never been married or raised children. <laughs> we have limited understanding. And so I'm going to trust and I, I'm going to trust his word. Here's a second. We talked about this last week. I won't go into it again. An area to trust and lean on the Lord. The importance of our words. Of our words. Proverbs 18, 21. There's a recap from last week. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Alan, that doesn't make sense. I don't understand how our words. You know, even the secular world understands the power of words. I just read a quote one day some, from some guy. If he knows the Lord, I have no idea. He's totally secular, talking about his life. But he said, hey, here's a quote that really changed my life. Your words create the house you live in. I thought that's a decent quote. And, you know, some exotic name behind it probably makes it even more credible. But I thought, hey, that's a good quote. Jesus, well, the Bible said a long time ago, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So the words that we need to choose our words carefully because especially the words that we speak about ourselves. Did you go home? The words we speak about ourselves. If you keep calling yourself stupid, you're not helping yourself. If you keep saying, I'm a lousy Christian, you're not helping yourself. If you just keep going, I'm just worthless, you're not helping yourself. You can choose some different words. In fact, the Bible gives you a template of some great words that you can say about yourself. You're blessed. You're helped. God loves you. You have value. Wouldn't that be better? Your words. Here's the trust in the Lord with all our only not on our own. Okay, here's the third area. You're going to like this one. We're going to trust the Lord in the area of not worrying. <laughs> and here's the point today, right? Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Look at this. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I wanted to get to this tonight because I feel like it, it can help you. I, as I was looking at this, here's, the, here's one of the beautiful things about God's Word. You know you never can exhaust all the revelation out of God's Word. In other words, you can read it, and then you can read it. And if you ever read it and you went, I never saw that before. That's because His Word is alive. And it's powerful. And so, and if you welcome it that way, you can get something I was thinking about that. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. You know, he said, don't be anxious about stuff. Jesus said, take no thought for your life. So he said, don't be anxious. Now, you, you, know, you know what thought we automatically have to deal with? I can't, what? Help it. I can't help but worry. There's no way. There's no way. Yet, we're going to trust in the Lord with all our and not lean on our own understanding. So if he says be anxious for nothing, guess what? We can be anxious for nothing. But in everything, not just big things, everything. By prayer and supplication, that's asking. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now here's, here's something. I, I, 
I, I just saw it and, and, it helped, and it helped me. I thought that if, okay, if, if I pray and ask God for help and thank him, that the peace of God would come. But the first thing is we have to do is stop being anxious. So in other words, I have to stop thinking anxious thoughts. I have to say, okay, Lord, I'm not going to think those thoughts. Now, I know none of y'all worry. So indulge me just for a moment. I'm not going to think those anxious thoughts, Lord. I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask you for your help. And then I'm going to thank you for that. Now, what, what happens? <laughs> I used to think, man, I prayed and I asked God for his help and I thanked him and I'm still anxious. Well, I need to go back and do the first thing. Stop thinking the thoughts. I'm not going to think the anxious thoughts. Now, listen, I grew up in a family of worriers. My mom was a champion worrier. World class and if, you, if you've grown up worrying, do you realize that it, it's become a, like a mental habit, a mental pattern? You understand patterns. How many of you really think about buttoning your shirt? We don't even think about it. You know, we pretty much button our shirt the same way. Pretty much get dressed the same way, do the same kind of thing. I don't think, okay, I'm going to do this button, and then I'm going to jump to that button. And then I'm going to, almost unconsciously, it's become a pattern. Worrying is a pattern. We get on something and it's like, it's like a hamster on a wheel. We just run and run and run. Is this helping you? Am I the, am I the only one? And you're just running, running, running. You're just thinking the anxious thoughts and, and worrying and worrying and worrying. So here's what we got to do. We got to say, I'm not going to think that thought. Lord, I'm going to trust you. I ask you for your help. I believe you heard me. I'm not going to think that thought. If you could begin to do that, I say, well, what am I going to think? I'm going to think he's helping me. I'm going to think there's answers here. And by not thinking that thought, I can begin to stop the pattern of being anxious. Y'all look at me like, I don't know if I believe you or not. Believe me, this is a scripture. This is a scripture. Be anxious for nothing. But our part is when the anxious thoughts come, we have to resist those. And go, I'm not going to think those. Listen, there's a lot of things we can worry about right now. And they're not going to help us. I mean, we can worry a lot. You can stay up all night worrying about what's going on in our country. I am worried. I am so worried. I am worried. I'm worried. I don't know why I'm worried about this. It's not going to change a thing. So we might as well stop being anxious. Ask the Lord, what do I do now? I need your help. And I want to thank you that you hear me. And the peace of God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding can guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. But remember, we've got to resist being anxious. Does that make sense? I wanted you to see this because so, so much of the time people think, well, I can't help it. I can't help it. I can't help it. I can't. You can't help it. Your mind is your mind, and you can control what you think on. I didn't say it's easy. And if you've been in a pattern of thinking a certain way, it, it, you'll, it'll take some effort. I, there have been times. 
where I have, I've said, okay, I'm not going to be anxious. I'm not going to think that. I'll take five steps and the thought comes back. Just me. And I'll say, so I've learned to say, no. Now, if you're with a bunch of people, <laughs> don't do this. But if you're by yourself going, no, I'm not thinking that. Thank you, Lord, that you're helping me. Does that make sense? Hey, I, listen, I don't believe that the Lord ever intended for us to live our lives caught up in worry and bound up in worry. If you ever worried for a long period of time and, and thought after you finished it, man, that was refreshing. <laughs> that never really felt great. Let's do it again. No, it's become a pattern. It's become a habit. And if you'll if you pray and ask the Lord, he will help you with this. But give him something, but give him something to work with. Say, Lord, I'm not going to think that thought. I'm going to trust you, and you'll help me. Does that help? We trust the Lord with all of our heart. We don't lean on our own understanding. Here's the last one. I'll just leave the, leave the leave. I'm going to leave this with you. It's living, it's living connected to God lifestyle. Look at this before we go. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Alan, what are you going to do with what's going on in our country? I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to keep praying. And I'm going to give thanks. Thanks? How can you give thanks? I'm going to give thanks that God's still my God. And that he'll still help us. And we've still got a job to do. And we've got, we got to reach people in this area. I'm going to give thanks. I'm going to give thanks that he will never leave me nor forsake me. And I can boldly say the Lord is my helper. I'll not be afraid. I'm going to give thanks. For I'm going to rejoice that 10,000 years from now, today won't matter. But I will. I'll be alive and well and looking good. So will you. If you've made Jesus your Lord. Bow your head just for a second. If you came this evening and said, I don't know the Lord. I've never asked him to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I want to give you that opportunity. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. If you've done that, maybe you've gotten away from God. I want to give you an opportunity, same prayer, to come back to him and be restored. Connecting with him is the best thing you'll ever do. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. No one looking around. That's you that I'm talking to. And you say, Alan, I would like to get in on that prayer. Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up across the auditorium and say, yeah, thank you. Thanks. Thank you for your courage. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand, you wanted to, you can still get in on this prayer. It's for you. We're going to pray it out loud. Pray it as a church family. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ. Because I've said yes to you. Heavenly Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer tonight and for those who have prayed it online. 
Father, I thank you that you've made a difference. You've come into their life. Some have been restored. Some have walked out of darkness right into your marvelous light. And Father, for those of us here, thank you that we can trust you, that you are so trustworthy and faithful. That we can trust you with all our heart. That we don't have to lean on our own understanding. But we trust you're our God and you're helping us. And your peace belongs to us. We give you all the praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer with us, there's a card right beside your, your feet. If you fill it out, we're gonna, we're gonna, we can take your name and we pray for you. We'll get, you, we'll get some information to you. If you just write your name and your decision, we're going to pray for you online. If you text 313131 or send in, um, or just send in, a, check the little box that says, I raised my hand, we're going to pray for you because we believe that God's got some good things in store for you, and we do love you. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. We love you. We're praying for you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for watching. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.